This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Today's episode is about shifting from anxiety to creativity, given coronavirus and how long this pandemic has been predicted to last. I think it's really helpful for us to take a pause and use this episode specifically to hone into well-being. So the last week I did a, I actually did two Instagram lives with Built by Girls, which is an organization focused on supporting the next generation of women and non-gender conforming students in tech. And then I also spoke with the Model Activist Community, which is a community of models who are also engaged in social justice, environmental justice, and more work. In both cases, I was speaking around our need to use time now to not go deeper down the rabbit hole of fear and anxiety and stress and instead get productive and get creative and use our creative practices as a place for stress relief and a place for really coping with the difficulties and instability of now. Since those Instagram lives were super well received, I'm going to use this episode to dive into that topic through reflection questions and then we'll get into the Q&A and all the questions that I am sharing today were ones that I received while doing these Instagram lives and so hopefully they'll answer a lot of what you have on your mind. Before getting into the reflection questions, I quickly want to mention why this episode is relevant, not only if you're experiencing a lot of the stress of coronavirus right now and all the stress of people around you who might be affected or have to still go to work or are still carrying things. It's because life is stressful. Life is pain. And I think when I was younger, I didn't realize that much. And I didn't realize how adults become people who just carry so much trauma and pain. And the ones who kind of stay the best and the lightest and stay youthful are the ones who learn to release, are the ones who find their joy again. And so I highly believe in wellness practices like breath work and meditation, a lot of those good things that are really deeply focused on wellness. Creative wellness is a particularly powerful practice because it also helps you find joy and playfulness and reconnect with that childhood self of yours who was lighter and lived lighter and had humor and knew how to express and self-express so much of what we need to do right now is self-express and really release all the tensions that we're holding on to share our perspectives in a really open forum even if it's just with ourselves and it's not on social media and it's not for the entertainment of other people it's truly to have practices for ourselves are so fulfilling I found it for myself most deeply a few years ago when I had just finished supporting um, my ex as a caregiver and was at my lowest lowest point emotionally and spiritually. And it wasn't until I found really dancing again by myself in my room because dance had always been a practice for me that I had to go out of my space to do, to go to a classroom, to be with an instructor. Not only is it more costly, but 
it's also not in my control. And we realize with creative wellness practices that there's so much that we can control and there's so much we can do with our space and within any space to find joy again, reconnect with our bodies. During that period of time, I felt so low because I would realized how much emotional abuse I had actually experienced and how much emotional trauma I was carrying. I felt not sexual, not attractive. And in Dancing in the Mirror, absolutely every single day, I found such beauty in my movement. I found beauty in myself and the inner beauty really came out. And it was so good to get to that place again, reclaim one's own body reclaim one's own sense of expression and I couldn't want that more for other people because of my past experiences and so no one I'm sharing is rooted deeply in what I found to be the most powerful practice of my life. So I'm going to share with you the four steps to actually turn your creative practice into a source of anxiety and stress relief. So you want to make a creative practice that sticks. So the first step is deciding on which creative outlet you'd like to obtain or follow through on a practice. Second, channel your stress into art. Third, make it a routine. And fourth, keep a record. So when it comes to choosing your creative outlet or your creative wellness practice, what's it going to be? This is time to think about things that you already love. Maybe there's things that you love but haven't tackled in a while. Maybe it's painting, writing, knitting, sewing, dancing, playing an instrument. What's something that you have been putting on the back burner? If you can't think of anything, what's something you always wanted to try or something you used to do as a kid? If you're drawing a blank, I also recommend journaling as it's a hugely accessible one it's one of my favorite go-tos I go between that and dancing in the mirror and a number of other things second when it comes to channeling stress into art how can you go to this when you're actually anxious so how do you know when you're actually anxious what body responses are you having in those times when you feel stress and anxiety arise what does it actually feel like and how can you make your creative outlet accessible during those moments and this is important because for instance before bed if you're having a lot of that stress and anxiety come up maybe it's not the best time to jump out of your bed and start dancing in the mirror maybe it makes more sense to have an outlet like writing or painting and keeping a pad or portfolio just under our bedside that you can pull out and grab when you're feeling stress and you want to just release before bed and do a little writing third how can you make it a routine? If you know making it a routine is hugely important, how can you actually make it a routine? What existing routines do you have and how can you add this to them? So the best place to start is with our existing routines because it creates a level of seamlessness. You already have the habit maybe of waking up in the morning and brushing your teeth. Now it's just adding on that one activity in addition to brushing your teeth. Or maybe you wake up in the morning already and you meditate. But then what's that creative, fun, actual practice that you tack on right after? And it's easier to do it earlier in the day rather than later because the more a day picks up, the harder it is to actually hold that space. And the last step, the fourth step, is the most important one. This is the one that focuses this practice on being a space for joy and being a space for stress relief 
rather than a space for overanalyzing and tracking our productivity. And so this comes to keeping a record. So how can you document your creations so that you can see your growth? Maybe if you're dancing in the mirror, that's you recording it. Maybe if that's you doing photography and videography or anything that's a physical art form, it's a lot easier. So think about it. And the importance for documenting and holding record of our creations is that maybe once a week, maybe once a month, maybe two times annually, you look back on what you've created. And looking back on what we've created is actually quite important because it's validating. You recognize in those moments how powerful your creations are. You get to see the progress that you've made on creating from just a place of joy and not from a mindset of pressuring yourself to be productive or improving every single day. But you get to look back and reflect on and do some evaluation on how you can improve or if there's any ideas or seedlings there that you'd like to nurture more to build larger creative ventures out of or ventures period out of. But now in the daily routine, it's not the time to do that. So I've pulled out the top five questions that I received while doing these Instagram lives. So the first question was, how do you find motivation and inspiration to start new projects during this time? To be honest, I'm not always motivated or inspired to pick up my creative wellness practice or to take on new ones, but it's really important for me to make sure that I'm not seeing my well-being as a low-priority thing. And so making sure that we have the mindset of being disciplined and being okay with knowing that we're being disciplined with ourselves, that we're not taking our well-being lightly is okay. And so when things start to diminish in my excitement towards them, then usually I move on to new projects or things for the purposes of creative wellness. When it comes to my actual work, I stick that out, you know, and I stick it out because oftentimes as an entrepreneur or anybody who's doing things and has creative ownership over what they're creating, you're going to go through the highs and lows. And when you hit the lows, it's not the time to bail. It's the time to really push through and find joy in it again or rework it so that you can find joy in it again. The second question was, how do you find a creative passion? I think our words are so powerful. There's so much emphasis put on passion. And I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very intense person sometimes. But I think the word passion can be overused and people feel like they're passionless. But it's more important that you find out what your interests are. If there's things that pique your curiosity. And I've found historically that my curiosity towards different things has changed over time. So I try a bunch of things and I've been trying so many different creative things since I was little. When it comes to how to find a creative passion, don't stress. You know, find something that just interests you, that's curious to do and try it out. And when that thing doesn't seem curious or interesting to you anymore, you can move on to something else. This is supposed to be a practice for wellness and not a practice um, of endurance and willpower. It's really a practice of love power and finding joy and love in something again. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays. 
for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. Question three, what are some creative practices you've done or would recommend? There's some practices that are just more accessible than others. I repeat again, daily journaling being one that I hugely, hugely suggest folks tap into. It's so cool to have a log of what you were thinking during this time and place, and especially in this period in history. During this coronavirus pandemic, there is something incredibly powerful around what you're sharing and your reflections now and the heightened experiences that you're having and it'll be interesting in the future to look back on those and view it with a different sense of perspective. I also recommend dancing because I think everybody is a dancer. If you have a body you are a dancer and doesn't mean you have to be able-bodied, it doesn't mean you have to be an amazing trained dancer. It means that you move to the music that makes you feel and it means that you learn how to take music and yeah sound and convert that into movement. It means sometimes that you're moving, moved by your emotions and you can translate that. And the value of this is really gaining body awareness. It's finding pleasure in our bodies again. I can go on and on and on and on. And the last one I'd recommend is really photography. And I think we do this already. Our culture is very accustomed to selfie culture but it's cool to see what you looked like during this time and place or what your world looked like during this time and place and document that over time question four how can one push off the waves of anxiety to focus on something and get out of the creative block and build creative ideas suitable enough to be worked on i think it's really interesting that the words that we use to describe something tell us all of the answers. So even the fact that in this question, terms such as creative block and suitable enough came up says everything. One, the creative block. So our creativity is something that always is with us, but we might not see it. It might not bring us as much joy. It might not feel like it is a well with bubbles of inspiration and insight and revelation but it's there and I think when it comes to our creative blocks it's about pushing through and even in those times when we feel blocked we're the only ones who can unblock and so continuing our practice is the only way on a daily basis not when we feel inspired not when we feel most creative all the time second when it comes to a creative idea suitable enough Suitable enough stood out to me hugely because all of your ideas are suitable. Sometimes what we make of our ideas is none of our business. I heard this said by Tracy Ellis Ross recently in an interview she had with Oprah. Sometimes our own ideas, sometimes our own mind, sometimes our own thoughts are literally none of our business. We should not be hyper-analyzing them. We should be not be the deciders and deeming them worthy or unworthy. We should just continue to create them. 
So going back to the overarching question of how can one push through the waves of anxiety to focus on getting out of the creative block and building ideas suitable enough to be worked on, know that you deserve to feel good. And you're taking action to start anything is awesome. Your creative ideas don't have to be good. The best ideas start off as not good or they just improve over time. There are very few things in life that are great upon first push, right? And some of the greatest things require so many pushes and so many drafts and so much improvement and so much worked on. And that is a practice for later. That's why we keep the record and we go back to our creative ideas and we decide if we want to put the energy into making them good and up-leveling them or not. And if not, that's great. Continue to produce or continue to produce it regardless of if they feel suitable or not because that's the only way to get to something that does feel that way. And our final question before we get to our culture resource, which I'm so excited about, our final question is this. How can we express creativity through a job in something like programming or something that's non-creative? So for many of you at home, some of you are still working. Some of you are working your jobs remotely or some of you are still going into work during this period of social distancing and you don't feel like your job is creative and I completely get that my response is this creativity is a mindset so how can you actually create more ownership and freedom to create in your job or outside of your job what is a problem that you want to solve sometimes I start there because my answering that question leads me to more questions, leads me to more answers, and starts to move me down a rabbit hole of things that I could create. How can you start utilizing some skills that you have now on a micro level, maybe even if it's just to help one person to solve some of those problems? Also, maybe within your job or maybe based on your manager, there's an opportunity to support your company or manager's larger missions through answering this problem, through your creations. Maybe this is not something that you support on a full-time basis, but maybe that's 20% of the time. Would they be open to supporting your allocation of time to one of these problems some of the time? And do you want to focus on these creative things outside of work or in work? This is pretty important. And it's important because I think oftentimes we try to get so much out of one place. You try to get so much fulfillment, so much fulfillment from an intellectual, emotional, creative level from our jobs. And maybe that's not the space where we want to allocate that time. Maybe we just want to have our job, do our job, leave work, and do our creative things. Or if you want that fulfillment within the job that you're doing, figure out how you can have, firstly, more ownership, and two, more creative freedom. No matter what kind of job it is there is always that level of creativity mindset that is allowed space when you have more ownership and more creative freedom today's culture wrecked culture resource i'm so excited about it's literally one of my favorite books of all time It may be my favorite book of all time if I felt more committal as a person who loves many books, 
But the book is Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's known for writing Eat, Pray, Love. And this book is self-help. It's nonfiction. And it's my favorite book because, whew, for so many reasons, I don't know where to begin. Some standouts to me about this book and compelling reasons why I think you should read it is because passion is a hyper overused concept and she's really good at explaining the power of curiosity and how we can go down the rabbit hole with curiosity enough to explore ourselves and explore our deepest loves and our darkest fears and if that sounds a little intimidating and heavy maybe her tone of voice will help you feel more attracted to this topic and I recommend watching this YouTube video. The title of it is Up Till Presents an Evening with Elizabeth Gilbert because of love power. So oftentimes we get recommendations, you hear things from me, I'll drop them each week or every episode. And it's up to you to really decide if you want to take the time and delve into them. And the easiest way to kind of get a sense of an author before reading their book is to listen to them speak. And if you start to develop a relationship with them, and the easiest way is checking out their social media, watching videos of them on YouTube, engaging with them and what they're sharing with the world, and you watch them and you like what they're saying and you care about them, then you're going to care to read the book. So usually caring about the offer, if you're not compelled after listening to them speak, don't even bother picking up the book, believe me. It'll force you to exercise your greatest strength of willpower to make it through the book, which is so unnecessary, especially if it's something that's meant to help you and bring you joy. And so Check out this video, Up Till Presents an Evening with Elizabeth Gilbert, where she has an hour-long interview. You can kind of fast-forward it, but she's so compelling to me, and the way that she speaks is with such deep empathy. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Turning our anxiety and stress into creativity takes effort. It takes willpower. It takes love power, even more powerful. And so following the steps of choosing your creative outlet and practice, channeling that stress and anxiety into that art or practice, and then making it a routine. And then lastly, keeping a record of it so that you don't have to make it work. It can actually be a space for joy, for stress relief, for well-being, for taking care of yourselves. I hope you're taking care of yourselves during this wild period in life. Given these circumstances, I also want to reiterate that the podcast is open for your stories. I want to hear what you're doing during this time. By you sharing your story, you're giving visibility for others into what things they might be experiencing into what things they maybe should anticipate and providing a level of education. I'm happy to be here as a resource and be able to share reflections on your stories, provide wellness guidance, financial guidance as a marketing expert, business consultant person as you need me. And yeah, this podcast is only improving because of stories and your sharing. Please, please, please share this resource with friends, family, anybody who you think could benefit from having more support during this period of time, especially if they're a creative person. 
I can be found at Anisa Benitez on Instagram. Follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at more underscore by underscore her on Instagram. Also read their stories at morebyher.com. And you're no starving artist. I'm grateful to be growing with you, even if that growing feels particularly painful at the moment. I appreciate you.